Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Air quality is obviously a critical issue here in the state of Utah, especially on inversion days. So you have a lot of people coughing and sneezing and wheezing and wondering why we haven't transitioned to clean energy yet. But we have to go beyond just the headline of that. Uh, going green requires the right strategy. If you don't get the right strategy with the right policy, the good intention, good intentions may just pave the way toward really bad pr- policy. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So again, it's not enough to just have a good-sounding bill or the We Shall Have Clean Air Act. You actually have to get down into the strategy and the policy and what actually happens. Or you may end up a little further behind rather than actually getting ahead. Uh, Germany is one example in particular. And uh, Quill Robinson is the vice president of government affairs at the American Conservation Coalition. He lived in Germany for a year as part of the... Uh, Congress Budenstag Youth Exchange for Young Professionals uh, and has some really interesting perspective in terms of what happened in Germany as they began transitioning to green a green economy and lessons that we might need here in the state of Utah and here in the United States of America. Quill, thanks for joining us today. Hi, Boyd. Thanks for having me. Uh, so you wrote a piece in uh, Reason uh, about Germany's failed bid to be the global climate leader. Tell us some of the, the backstory of that in terms of what was happening, what the goal was, and then some of the unintended consequences. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously climate is a, a, a pretty important topic right now. It's getting a lot of coverage in the news. But Germany gives us a really example of how not to address this issue of climate change. So basically about 10 years ago, uh, former Chancellor Angela Merkel said, that they were going to undergo this massive energy transition towards a a cleaner and greener future and create lots of jobs along the way. And that sounds great. But the way that they did it is they decided that they were going to shut down all their nuclear plants and move towards all renewables as fast as possible. Obviously, you and I know that nuclear energy is actually one of the best sources of clean energy. It doesn't produce any carbon emissions. But because this decision came on the heels of the Fukushima disaster, there was this sort of knee-jerk emotional reaction where the Germans decided that they were going to go 100% green without nuclear energy. So here we are sitting about 10 years later, and uh, they've spent hundreds of billions of euros on this project, essentially subsidizing wind and solar energy. Um, They've almost fully phased out nuclear energy at this point. And the news just came out. The new government just said that they're going to miss their climate targets 
for 2022 and 2023. So they spent billions of euros along the way. Energy prices are going through the roof. And in fact, they're seeing coal come back and sort of having a renaissance right now because they simply cannot provide enough energy on wind and solar alone. Wow. And so let's dive into that and dig in just a little bit, because I think it's one of those uh, classic tales of it's sort of the, the old art of war that strategy without tactics is the slowest path to victory. But tactics without strategy is just the noise before defeat. And it seemed like there was a lot of noise and a lot of things that got bogged down, uh, particularly by the bureaucracy in terms of construction of what they needed infrastructure wise. Uh, what else did they see in terms of the hey, the, the vision sounds great, but the strategy and tactics are just not there? Yeah, well, I mean, Germany is a place that is famous for its bureaucracy, and, and the, the bureaucracy in Germany certainly got in the way of the ambition. Um, and this is actually something that we see in the United States, too. Um, you know, the, I'll, I'll just give you an example. There's this project called the Vineyard Wind uh, Offshore Wind Project in Massachusetts, and it was actually planned back in 2008. Uh, and it actually, they didn't break ground until the last couple of years. It took nearly 10 years to break, to break ground on this massive wind project because of bureaucracy and red tape and the National Environmental Policy Act. And so this is something that we see in the United States, too. And the Germans really should have seen this coming, right? Uh, they, they simply couldn't spend enough money to, uh, to build this up and that they actually are going to run into the bureaucracy. And because of that, they spent a lot of money on lawyers. They spent a lot of money um, uh, you know, on these government programs, on subsidies. And it's actually really stifled the innovation needed uh, to really get the renewables off the ground. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think that the lesson here is that the, the road to climate disaster is really – paved with good intentions and bad policy. Yeah, and and uh, I'm glad you you raised this this whole idea of uh as we look at what government invests in or what government subsidizes uh, why that sounds good that okay, let's let's have government put some money into these things, but as you pointed out, uh, and maybe you can dig in a little deeper for us, often that cuts off the real innovative companies or the real breakthrough technologies from going because they just can't compete with those that are being propped up by the government. Right. It's really a case study that the government shouldn't be in the business of, of picking winners and losers. And the government's quite bad when it's uh, given that much authority. Uh, we, we simply don't know which sources of energy or, I mean, let's go broader here, which sources of technology. I mean, if the government had been put in charge of cell phones, and developing cell phones, we'd probably all be carrying around Nokia bricks in 2022. Um, so when it comes to energy, it's, it's the same case. Uh, you know, whether it's it's nuclear energy or wind energy um, or, or, or solar, these different sources of energy should be allowed to compete on their own merits. And consumers should be the ones uh, choosing which ones are the ultimate winners. And the central planning approach to even an issue as big as climate change is actually not conducive to success. You'll hear this a lot from um, from activists, they'll say that you'll need uh, government and even international organizations uh, to take on this issue because of the scale of the issue. But the reality is the most powerful tool that we have to bring down greenhouse gas emissions while actually ensuring that we have affordable and abundant energy at the same time is the free market where innovation is incentivized and when, and uh, good sources of energies are, are rewarded and poor sources of energy are punished. It's the free market that's actually going to deliver the best outcome. Yeah, fantastic insight. Quill Robinson is the Vice President of Government Affairs at the American Conservation Coalition. Uh, Quill, great insight. Uh, some important lessons for us to learn uh, from Germany and what happens when you might have a, a really good-sounding piece of policy or a bill, uh, but you got to have the strategy and the tactics underneath it 
uh, to actually make it work. And usually it's that private sector where the, the greatest innovation breakthroughs and break with are, are really going to happen. Quill, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Again, that's Quill Robinson and a great piece in Reason. And it is the, the reason that we have to have these conversations because it's so easy to have the big, broad brush vision statement of what we're going to do. But unless we can get that to strategies and tactics that are affordable, that are sustaining, sustainable, and that the American people will actually embrace and buy into, if we can't get to that space, then it really is uh, paved with great intentions, but it's not going to end us where we need to in terms of a future with a cleaner, better climate. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.